self. How many has ever done that? You got the blues, you set the environment. Change the environment, in other words. As I was thinking about the other, just a few days ago, as I got up and I was just going to, something bugged me, just going to get a little bit mad, Sandy, turn on TBN. Just change the environment, their preaching came out pretty soon. Oh, praise God, we was getting into the words. But I was just, just at the edge of thinking, I was thinking about this about four hours and I was ready to get mad. Change the environment, see? That's just like when you used to be in the bars, you know, they played the, the saddest music they could ever find. Then you look. Give me another one. Jeez, it make you so sad. You're on a you're on a train going somewhere or something, you know, crying honky tonk or the environment was a sad and you know this. That's they they work on your, your they work on your spirit too in the bars, and all that music is about making you drink more and go far far away and all kind of things. So the, so the environment is very important, and you need it. You need to uh, encourage yourself, play Christian music and different things like that. Listen to the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Pray. Uh, Sister Cindy and the girls. Some of the girls have been just going aside and praying once a week. I think that's the most important thing that uh, God ever laid on anybody's heart. Because in any ministry, they need somebody praying, undergirding. That's more important than, than sitting there and studying your Bible and knowing, having all this head knowledge and doing nothing with it. But when you go into prayer, spiritual warfare, you're going to do something for this pastor, you're going to do something for this church and to your brothers and sisters. So... Uh, she doesn't want to set a, say, this is what we're going to do, girls, we're going to pray, because some will just come and they'll be sitting in the corner looking at the floor. We, they don't want that. They want somebody who really wants to pray. You, uh, you pray about praying. <laughs> and if you want to be part of it, being a prayer warrior, you can, you can talk to Cindy and Sister Sandy or whoever and find out when they're going to pray next. But I can, you can feel it, and it's, uh, it's where it's at today. That's where it's at. If you never pray, then you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to know God because it's talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. And you'll never know him. You'll never know his voice. You'll never be led by him without asking, seeking, like John mentioned, and talking to God. I'd like to draw your attention tonight to the prophecy spoken comes true before our eyes. This is Brother Cirillo's prophecy newsletter that he sends out. And uh, I got this yesterday. And... Uh, here it is again, right in line with what God's already told us and what God is speaking to other churches. And a, a true, true man of God, he said, a true prophet of God, a true test of a prophet is what he says comes to pass. And these things are happening today and, and, and all the things that, that are going on, but in the midst of everything, I just read a little bit at the end here. It says, uh, God has some incredible things stored up for us and some massive callings on our lives, yours and mine. And I believe that you, if, if you knew the extent of them, you would be shouting where you, where you sit right now. In other words, what, has God, what God has for us ahead. He said you'd be, you'd be excited and uh, shouting right now. In these last days... You know, I like to hear that. I like to hear other preachers say, in the last days, we're living in the last days. Because when I say Jesus is coming and we're living in the last days, it's like falling deaf ears, or, or we're the only one saying it, or, or, or we're the only one believing it, or, you know, like that. So when I hear somebody else say, in these last days before the return of Christ, to catch up the church in the rapture, our calling is to stand ever more strongly. That's what God calling his church to do, stand strong and boldly for the word of the Lord. Remember I was preaching about the word being, it's going to be scarce and it's, they're trying to stomp it out and all that, but God is going to raise up a people that's going to be strong and bold with the word of the Lord and say enough is enough. Ain't that kind of what we preached here? Enough is enough about sin and stuff. That's why some people already cleared out, <laughs> packed their suitcase and headed out already. Yeah, that's true. And uh, the word of the Lord say, enough is enough. God's people must envelop 
themselves in his holiness. The time of the church embracing the sins of the world is over. Remember I said that? It's over. David Wilkerson's letter says it's over. There's no more going to be compromising. There's no God separating from the, the who's and the, you know, the, the ones that want to and the ones that don't want to. are going to be separated, moved out, done away with. The time of the church embracing sin of the world is over. The time of the church looking the other way as the lost are dying. Huh? We're looking the other way as the lost and dying world looks for light and finds none is over. The churches are looking the other way as all the people dying around us. We can't, can't get anybody to go preach anymore. Can't get anybody to go witness. Can't get anybody to go to the jail. Can't get anybody to go to the old folks home. Can't get any, You can get them there, but you just about got to step on their toes. You, you, you got to be a want-to person in these last days. You got to be a want-to say, here I am, Lord, and choose to do the things of God. That's the kind of people that's raising up. They must envelop themselves in holiness of God, and that's what Jesus is coming for in the last day. The time of Mambi Bambi, that's what he calls us. We call it wishy-washy sometimes. The time of Mambi Bambi Christianity is over. The Lord wants that perfectly clear. And this is from a man of God, a prophet of God, Morris Cirillo. He's a proven prophet, 57 years in the, in the nations of the world. This man right here has preached to more people face-to-face -face than anybody ever from the history of the church, ever. He's preached to more people face-to-face, -face, millions at a time around the world, and the nations of the world, as a prophet of God. And he's talking about, it, you know, when a, when a prophet speaks, he says, there's nothing complicated about prophecy. It's simply hearing what God says and speaking what he says. It's that simple, he says. Because if you hear what God says and speak it, it's going to come to pass. And that's a true test. But if you just speak it yourself, it's not going to happen. So there's no mystery about prophecy he's talking about. God speaks, and the prophet of God hears it, and he relays the message. And his message is, is, is right in line with what's going on today. And so, right now, the church is in a cleansing process. The church is in a, a shaking process. And it's a time of choosing up, the dividing line going on here, and all these kind of things. And uh, I just continue to encourage you just to get serious with God. Get serious, because it's just more, it's more than it's go to church here, you know. It's more than just show up here on Wednesday night. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that'll take you, take you all the way to heaven itself. And so our whole spiritual life and everything that we do depends on what we're doing right now. Jesus Christ is about to come for his church. And I don't know about you, but I want to be somewhere. I want to be preaching somewhere, doing something for the Lord. And so that's what we're going to be doing this week. So they're excited up there, and I know this is going to be a very good meeting because I feel, I feel good in my spirit about it. Feel good in my spirit about it. I want to talk to some young people this morning. It's not, I mean, this, this evening. Um, I know there's a lot of older, older ones in here. But I want to talk to young Christians today. Young ones. And maybe not so young ones. Maybe you never learned this yet. I don't know. But I want you to know there's a, by the way, uh, Myrna had two little girls today, one o'clock, I think, 12 and one, something like that, long ones, 19 inches. <laughs> I think, I, right, 19, I think that's what Keith told me, I think they're 19 inches long, he said, six pounds, another one, almost six pounds, holy my goodness, I don't know how these women do it. You boys thought you was tough. Yeah, so. Anyway, good news. 
And I just like to, you know, just I think about what John and him is doing here also. It's just lost his mom, lost his other mom. Grandma Annie was his mom. Two moms. She lost her dad all this all this time right here. And Becky back she lost her dad just lately here. And and so where can we go? What can we do? We know they're with the Lord, so we gotta say, yeah, well, that's yesterday. Lord help me to heal up and 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 go on. We gotta go on. And it's a sad time, but the Lord is truly the one that heals your heart and helps you to overcome. And Dale and Kayleen lost their boy. Ooh, it, just, it just goes on and on. You never know. It's all around us, so this is why we have church. This is why we, we practice now. It's why we prepare ourselves, because we never know. We don't even know what today is going to bring. You know, the day isn't even over yet. So we always want to be ready. Be ready always, the Bible says. And tonight, I want to talk about temptation. Temptation. All of us, you know, we've got to grow. Grow in the Lord. And the Lord allows temptation to come into our life. And He doesn't ever allow us to, uh, to be tempted so that we can be overcome. Understand? But He does allow... He allows it to happen to us. The Lord himself, he doesn't tempt us with nothing. There's one out there who tempts us. He's called Satan. And his legion of demons. They, they do the tempting. But God, he, uh, he allows it to happen. And, and, and if you learn from the word of God, when, thing, when you go through things, temptations and trials and circumstances and all these kind of things you learn as you go through them as as a christian and that's the reason why young ones got to know this tonight because you're going to go through stuff there's going to be times when you don't know what's happening and why and you're almost going to give in and you're and, and sometimes you even fall but you got to understand that god allowed the devil to remain here and his job is to try to test you and to tempt you, tempt you to go back, to quit, to give up, to tempt the Lord, to, to you know, to, to go against him. And, uh, you got to know that. But it's all designed so that we can grow. That's what it's about. He allows things to come into our life so that when it's over with, and it will be over with, the days that John Shelley is going through, the days that whatever you go through, th those days will pass too. These days will pass. And then you'll look back and you'll learn from them, you'll think about them, you'll, 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 but you learn from them. And, and if, you, if you learn from them, then you grow. Because we're not supposed to remain babies forever. We're supposed to grow. And the Lord sometimes lets you walk. Go ahead and walk like you were a little child. You can't hold your little child's hand all the time. Pretty soon, about two, one, one, one years old, maybe you'll have to let him go to see how many steps they can take. It's kind of like that with the Lord. So he, he kind of lets you go. And sometimes after you're saved like that, and, you, and he's been holding you and hugging you, and you've been having this marvelous time and going to world conferences and all over, and pretty soon the Lord lets you have a few steps. Go ahead and take a few steps. And pretty soon you're looking around. You don't know what's happening. You're scared and you're shaking. Your, your knees are shaking. And where'd everybody go? Where's mama? <laughs> kind of attitude. Where's dad? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, and it happens. And you'll think God left you and all kinds of things. But it just allows to see, see how you're going to act with these few little steps you're going to take. So the sooner you get this word right here in your heart, and I'm, I'm not one to play Play with the Word of God. You, you know me by now. I don't pull strings or nothing. I tell you, when you first get saved, you're going to have the trial of your life one of these days. I tell you right away so you don't come in a big surprise. Pastor Kenny said this is going to be all wonderful. Oh, it is wonderful and all that, but you're going to be tested and tried, and you're going to cry sometimes. And laughter will turn into tears sometimes. And all these kind of things will happen, so I deal with you and tell you with them right away so there will be no surprise. 
But if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and give your heart and life and surrender your will unto the Lord, then you're going against the grain. But the Lord has promised that he'll never let your foot be taken. That he'll allow you to go through tests, not to, so that you could be overcome and defeated, but that you can grow. And that because of your going through these tests and basic trainings and stuff like that, pretty soon you're going to mature and grow, and then he could use you. Then he could use you. And pretty soon you're going to look back and say, why? I am growing. I did learn something. huh?" And, and pretty soon it starts coming out of you. And pastors notice it and other people notice it and your family notices it and, and you're growing. You understand? But, but the sad thing about a lot of times is that uh, some Christians behave, behave like uh, we get this teenage mentality. Teenage mentality. Huh? I know it. You ever try to tell your kids something lately, Brenda? They already know it. They was born before you. Huh? You can't tell them nothing. I know it. I know it. I know it. Even our man, our, our boy got out of the Navy. He thinks he knows everything. He's still a kid as far as I could see. He ain't going to be in no place yet. He might have floated the seven seas, but he, he still don't know beans about nothing. As far as dad and mom know, can see. But try to tell him something. I know, I know it. I, yeah, I know it. I know it. And the sad thing about it is Christians, you Christians, the ones I'm talking to tonight, you get this teenage mentality where I know it. And you think there's no room for growth in your life. Huh? And if I say turn left, you'll turn right. Now I say, let's go, you'll say, I don't, I don't think I need to go. I already know everything. I'm cool. Talk to them other ones over here, them, them guys over there. So you get this teenage mentality where you know everything already. Watch out. God didn't call you to be teenagers and rebellious teenagers, but he wants you to go on, move on. So you younger ones, don't stop and be a teenager and think you know everything. There's always room for growth. You continue on. Because I want to show you somebody who was tempted. Do you think you're the only one ever been tempted in your life? It says in James 1, 12, 15, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. I'll read this as soon as I find it somewhere here. James 1.12. And you need to read these things while I'm teaching them. You need to get them in your spirit. Mark them down. I don't know how many Bibles I wore out, and I'm just marking them and scratching them. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Then it goes on to say here, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. You ever hear people say, I wonder why God, you know, did this to me. I mean, I mean, is he punishing me? Why did God do this to me? And even the world, you know, the, the, the tornado comes by, act of God. God don't need to kill anybody to get their attention. And so, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So every man is led away through his own lust when he's enticed. So I want to tell you that it isn't God who makes things happen to you. Again, he allows things. 
he allowed the devil to go take everything Job had. You ever read about Job? That's the greatest story you ever want to hear. Killed his family, his cattle, his kids, his sheep. His, he destroyed everything, burned his house down and everything, trying to get. He told God, he said, you take your hand away from Job. I'll show you that he'll curse you. He'll turn from you. And he said, you can do anything you want to do to Job except take his life. I'll let you do anything. And so he went down. He did all that to Job. Yet Job never, never cursed God or blamed God for it. Yeah. So God allowed that to happen to Job. And so what you need to do as you're being tested and tried and tempted and all these things all the time is say, God, I know this isn't coming from you, but you're allowing it. What I need to know from you, God, is how to overcome this temptation. I need to know how to escape this. Right? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation. Uh, taking, uh, forget it, I better read it. I've got too much of my mind going on here. But mark it down, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, that's what you got to know. God, I'm being tempted now, I'm tried and tested, but I know you said that you're faithful. What, what you need to you need to know from God is how am I going to get out of this thing or, how, or what do you want me to do in this temptation? Sometimes he wants to use you in the midst of this circumstance. Sometimes he wants you to, to go into the, into, into, the, into the whale's belly for a teaching. Sometimes he needs you, needs you to go into the fire like the three Hebrew children. He could have delivered them before they ever went in the fire, but he went with them through the fire. See? So what you need to ask God is, God, I know that I'm, I'm in this circumstance right now, but uh, you show me the way that to escape. You show me how I can bear this thing, how I can overcome it, because I know you're not causing this, and I know that you can get glory out of it. There's no temptation taking you such as common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Young Christians, you need to know God will never let your foot be taken. He'll never let you, the devil take you all the way down. But he'll allow you to be tested and tried so you can become stronger through it. But you can call, he wants you to call out to him like you would a mom or a dad or somebody for help. And he wants you to say, God, help me through this thing. Help me out of this this mess that I got myself in, that I gave into this temptation or whatever it was that got you into that trouble anyway, then God will let you learn from it. And I always tell people, get back up, but just, just remember, learn from it. Learn whatever, whatever you fell, whatever caused you to fall, whatever, whatever it was that drew you away, kept you home, whatever this thing you went through, just, you're back now. Just think back and, and don't let the devil use it again. Learn from it. That's all. So he'll never suffer you more than you are able, see? But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's the whole thing. So everyone gets tempted. So don't think it's strange when a fiery trial comes your way. It's designed. God allows it to happen to you. It's for your testing, for your strength, so that you can become mature, disciples for the Lord. If you never get tested, you'll never grow. Every time you have a, a, a you go to school and you have, get to the end, they give you a test to see if you can go to the next grade. If you don't pass the test, you'll be like some of these guys, three, four years in the same grade. Anyway, it's the same thing with God. Got to pass the test. Otherwise, you're going to get stumble over the same thing. You ever see somebody fall over the same thing over and over, the same test next week? They get to come to church. It's the same test again. They're out. It's the same. The devil don't have to do it. Just throw that same thing out there. It's a, it's a sad thing, really, but, but it happens. 
And you don't have to kick it up a notch. You don't even have to turn up the heat. Just throw the same thing out there because the same thing will trip that same person because they never want to get past that first test. Don't want to grow. Refuse to grow, Sandy always says. They refuse to grow. So I'll show you somebody who passed the test. Luke 4. If you think you're the only one that's ever been tested. Luke 4, 1. And Jesus. Just say his name once. Jesus. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. You mean you could be full of the Holy Ghost on fire sent from heaven? Son of the living God and still be tempted? Oh, no wonder we can be tempted. No wonder we could be tried and tested. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I'll tell you one thing. Your battle don't start till you get saved. There's a scripture to prove it. Amen? The devil didn't care what you was doing before you got saved. He had you. So when you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God came into you, bang, the battle began. Same with our Lord. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days did eat nothing, and when he were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, if, he says, see, that's the devil's favorite word, if thou be the Son of God, command a stone that it be made bread. And he went on, and Jesus said, It is written that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. See? Jesus fought him with the word of God. He quoted the word of God to him. And the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. See what the devil can do? He showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be yours, he said. See what the devil can do in the world? That's why Vegas is so pretty. I was mentioning that Vegas is pretty and all these kind of things and money and million-dollar prizes and everything. All has to do with money and glory, and they think they're going to be this and great singers, movie stars. And all the time, on the other side of them lights over there is nothing but a burning hell sinking down into the pits. He doesn't show them that, though, say. But the devil can give money. Drug dealers got wads of money. All kinds of things. And before I got saved, we walked around. We had rolls of money. I'm Danny and different ones. Oh, we couldn't pay my rent, though. Didn't even buy groceries. Didn't, just never did nothing ever did ever come from that. Big wad of money all the time. Just, sure, we bought drinks. We bought drugs. But never did ever buy anything for my kids. I don't remember ever giving Sandy here about a few hundred. Nothing ever comes from that kind of a thing, see. But he always provides them. And I always tell people, if you want to be a drunk, I don't care. If you're naked, standing there, bushy-headed and naked, the devil will always find another drink for you. Huh? Can you amen that? He'll always find another drink for you. I don't care who you are, how pitiful you are. You'll always find a way to get drunk. Because he can give you all them kind of things out there, see? Because he runs them. This is his playground, this world out here. And he told Jesus, he'll give you all these kingdoms out here. Look at them all. Flashed them before his eyes in a moment. Waving that stuff. Yep. Tempting him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. 
These are the kind of decisions you got to make because the devil's going to come and tempt you to run off, to go do this, wave money in your face. I got prettier things over here. Whatever it is, you better pray about every step you take because pretty things, you know, sin comes in pretty packages sometimes. Look at the tree. Look at the tree. He told Eve how beautiful it is. Right? Same spirit, that same devil that was in the garden came to Jesus says, look at all the kingdoms and the riches and all the stuff there. Look at it. And he brought him into Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. That's a true word from God. It's in the Old Testament. Every one of you have an angel watching over you. Protecting you, leading you. When God called me, the day he called me, and gave me a ministry, and I always tell people, no matter the time I was up north and nobody to push me out, my pickup got pushed out of the highest centered snowbank, lifted up, moved about here to that wall back there, and there was nobody around. But I felt the pickup raise and move. All I had is one foot, and I was trying to push on the gas, and I couldn't push. Wheels all spinning. High centered on hard snowpack, snow ice in the spring. Don't even know what I was doing up there, but God gave me a... Angels had charge over me. I don't know. I can't see you. I said, but I praise God, and I thank you. I know there's angels all around me. Way up in the cottonwoods. You know where cottonwoods are? Nobody around. I had to walk. I didn't know what direction I had to walk. Didn't even have a coat. I just did a stupid thing that day. Took a ride with no coat, no gun, nothing. But I guess God wanted to show me something. Angels are given charge over you. And he makes sure the will of God gets done. That's why Devils have come against me ever since I started, but they can't do nothing about it. <laughs> huh? Still here. Anyway, that's a whole I'm going testifying now. Anyway, in the twelfth verse, Jesus answered and said unto him, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation. He departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned into the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a a fame of him through all the regions round about. I want you to know, Christians, today, if you make it through a trial, huh? if you make it through, it makes you be famous. Not in, you know, the fame that you're thinking about, but other Christians will look at you. Huh? Man. Like I'm proud of Keith right now. I don't know how he did this. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't want I, I don't know if I could do the things, the trials and the testing is, and, and some of you don't know either. Where did he get that strength? Where did he get that? Huh? But by golly, I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm uh, he's you know he's he's got my he's got my Vote. Huh? Yeah, I'm proud of him. I'm very proud. How many could do what he... No. You know what I'm talking about. I'm proud of him. He's going to be famous for that. If you make it through, the fame of Jesus went all around because he was tempted of the devil. Everything that he could throw at him, he threw at him. Everything he could put on Jesus, he, he put it on him. And he was tempted in all like manner. But Jesus never gave in. Brother Cirillo taught years ago, he says, you're only tempted for what you're worth. Everybody sat up in the whole place. Yeah. Well, let me explain, he said. You're only tempted for what you're worth. If you're not worth much, you won't get tempted much. (laughs) 
Jesus was tempted. He, he offered him all the kingdoms of the world and every riches and everything that was beautiful and pretty and powerful. You like that, Rosanna? Pretty full. <laughs> she said, Michelle, he said, pretty full. <laughs> you catch all that when you're preaching, see? <laughs> but <laughs> I was one of them at third grade, first grade. But he offered him all them things of the world. Why? Because he was worth the whole world. The devil knew what he was worth. See? I, I, you know, I told a lot of people in the, at this altar. I told one this last Sunday here. I said, the reason why the devil's fighting you so much, you have so many struggles and trials and tests, the devil doesn't want you to be saved because he knows what you're worth. If you ever get all the way in the boat and give your whole heart to life, your God's going to use you in a mighty way, and the devil don't want you to do that. I just told somebody that here last Sunday. Because he knows what you're worth. Brother Schultz said, and then some of you sit back there, I ain't going through nothing. I don't have any trials. I never get tested. Because mm-hmm. you ain't worth much, she said. Oh. <sighs> so you think about that. But I want you young ones to know you're going to be tested and tried in all those things. In Hebrews 4.14, you know a lot of churches, they don't get this. They don't get these kind of teachings and they, they, they wonder why their congregations are just a congregation. They can't witness on the streets. They can't testify. They got to run and get pastor to do it and they don't know why they're going through stuff and they're just comfortable. Hebrews 4.14. This is what you got to know also. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Your profession, I'll tell people. This is it. Living for God, being a Christian is your profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our our infirmities. That means everything you're going through, the Lord felt them before. You, You know, people all say, you don't know what I'm going through. Jesus does, though. He knows exactly how your little heart's feeling, how much you can stand, how you're hurting, how your 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 a relationship broke in your life, or a divorce, or a, a lost loved one, or a, anything like that. Any hurt you could possibly have and heartache, he knows about it. He's passed into the heavenlies. He's already done all these things. He was tempted in all like manner. Everything the devil. Has ever tried on you, he's already tried it on Jesus. Yet, he held on to his profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by our feelings or infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. That means if Jesus can do it, made a way for us, and we have Jesus in us, then we can overcome it too. That means that there's a way of escape for you. That means that you can bear it. Your job is just to hold on to your profession. Just keep on professing. Just keep on living for the Lord. Keep on going anyhow if you don't feel like it even. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that's why I say to look for that way of escape. When you can't go another mile, when you, you feel like you can't, when you just can't get up again, or you, you just don't know what to do, and you fail God even, you backslid even, you, you just plumb lost, just, you can go boldly to the throne room of grace. Even in that condition, 
In the Old Testament, and the Old Law, you could never enter the Holy of Holies without the sprinkling of blood and sacrifice and all these kind of a things. If you sinned, they killed you. Your family, you and everybody, they got rid of the sin of the camp. But because we're living in the grace and because of what Jesus Christ did for us and because he's a great high priest that was tempted in all like manner, he made a way for you and I so that we can make it. Let us therefore come boldly onto the throne of grace. You mean, you, you, you don't feel like going boldly to the throne of grace when you fail God, do you? Shame will keep you away. Shame will make you feel like you don't, you don't belong there. They're all looking at me. They're talking about me. They're, you, know, I, you know, I feel all of my eyes on me. You know, geez, when you do something wrong. Huh? Come on, everybody ever felt like that? But in all this time, the Lord says, come boldly to the throne room. You got to get yourself up and go into the throne room and go directly to God, it means. And ask him to forgive you. And it all has to do with grace. Simply because we're living in the grace age right now. Oh, I'm glad I'm living now. I'd have never made it in the old law, the Old Testament times. I thank God for his grace today because his grace is sufficient for us, he says. But his grace, like we're talking about and the letters are talking about, all this grace, this grace age is about to end. See? It's about to end. When the rapture of the church takes place, grace is over. The only way anybody, mainly the Jews, after the rapture of the church, the only way that they're going to ever be able to come to God and be saved is to get their heads chopped off, to be martyred. But right now, you and I are just grace. And we just take it for so, you know, it's so, for, take it for granted, you know. It's just great. You ought, you ought to be just holding on and, and, and holding fast to your profession, like it says in here. Let us hold fast our profession. Let's Let's cling to it. Let's, in, let's tell God every day that I thank you for our salvation. I thank you for not leaving me for where I was. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for your grace. And you remember the story of Paul when he went to, he, he went to the, the Lord in prayer and he was, had an infirmity, a sickness, a, a crippling disease. They argue about what it was, but it was an infirmity, something that bothered him. He said it was a thorn in his flesh. You know, he's a preaching. You know, it's like preaching about healing in yourself. You're limping. Huh? He said three times I went to the Lord and I asked him. I sought the Lord thrice, he says. He prayed, didn't get nothing. You ever pray and get nothing? You gave up, that's why. Pray again. Keep seeking the Lord. He prayed again. He didn't get nothing. The third time he prayed, he got an answer. He didn't get what he wanted, but he got an answer. He didn't get his healing. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. Just be glad I'm sa I saved you. And leave that thing in there, a thorn in your flesh to keep you humble, he said. Huh? That's right. Left that in old Paul, mighty man of God. But he left that in there to remind him of who he was. You're just a man. I want to keep you humble. But he got his answer. It was grace. Paul was nothing but an old murderer one time. Christian killer. Yeah, he used to chase Christians around, kill them. He was holding the coat of Stephen's. Jesus' friend, Stephen. He was holding the coat of them that stoned Stephen. They were stoning him. And Stephen's eyes looked up and he says, I seen Jesus standing. Ooh. The only place in the Bible says Jesus stood. He's always sitting at the right hand of God, right hand of God. But Stephen seen I seen Jesus standing. And a lot of preachers are saying Jesus is wanting to come and defend his friend. But God is saying, not yet. One day, vengeance is mine, he says. 
all them that come against you, all them that come against me, every evil spoken lie, everything that ever says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Remember what you did to that little church down there? You remember what you did to my servant? You remember what you did to my Paul, my Mike, my, huh? You remember that? And it's going to all be brought back to the remembrance of them unless they repent. Vengeance is my, saith the Lord. He's going to repay every, every word that was ever said, every action, every broken window. He's going to, everything they ever did to Morcerillo, everything he ever did to any prophet of God, all through the ages of time, all being recorded, lest they repent. Yeah? So the next time you speak evil of me, you better repent right away. And that ain't no joke. So I got somebody on my side. <laughs> boss is a powerful man. <laughs> I got a big brother. I'm telling you, he's tough too. He endured everything they threw at him on a cross. He didn't cry. He didn't, ooh, he, didn't, he didn't whine. He overcame. Amen. So young, young Christians today, you got to know that you're going to be tempted and tried and tested. And, and we all are. But especially I wanted the young ones to know that because they need to. And you that have that teenage mentality, <laughs> rebellion, get rid of it. You don't know everything yet. Lots of room to grow yet. Receive the engrafted word into your hearts. So he is tempted all like manner. He sits in heaven today. He's a great high priest who liveth forever and forever. It's good to know that big men of God are praying for you. You can send in your prayer request. You can come up here and get prayed for. But I get comfort in knowing that Jesus is praying for me. His intercession for me. He forever maketh intercession for his church. Jesus is praying for you. Ooh, boy. He's praying that you fail not. Father, I pray not for the world, he said in John 17. I pray for them that you gave me out of the world. That's us. Jesus is praying for you today. You got to know that. You're never alone. You're never alone. I would like to ask us to all join in prayer tonight for... Uh, the North Country. Because I don't want to have a meeting up there. I want somebody to get saved. Also, let's just stay home and have a meeting here. We need to go with a purpose. There's a lot of, so many, there's seven reserves around the area, seven reservations all around battle, and all them people are running to and fro, back and forth with no shepherds, with no understanding of what God is doing, confused. Some of them try and they fall, get back up. And they, they just got to know what's going on. They need to know that Jesus Christ is real. So we need to pray for the anointing of God that destroys every yoke. We need to go up there with purpose. I want you guys to pray before you ever hit town. When, pray for your music. Pray for every string and note and and if you're called to testify, just testify boldly. Don't think about, I wonder what I'm going to say. What am I going to say? No. Just go up there and open your mouth. If you prayed up before you went up there, you open your mouth, the Lord will flow and use your testimony to touch others. That's all I ask. I just want to be real when I go up there. Too many phonies running around all over trying to tickle people's ears and get a big giant offering and ha ha, goodbye. And they leave them nothing. But we want to impart onto them some spiritual gift, some anointing, some deliverance, some salvation. Somebody will get saved. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet and pray this. And if there's anybody that needs prayer after this, we'll pray for you. There won't be prayer here uh, Sunday, I mean church, but I just ask you to, to, you know, if you get up Sunday, pray for us, 
and say, Lord, lead me today someplace. Let me go visit somebody or do something for the Lord. Don't waste a day. Redeem the time, the Lord says. Use it wisely. It's the Lord's day. Keep the Sabbath. Father, we just thank you tonight and praise you. Lord, that you're moving it upon the hearts of people. People are making up their minds, their decisions are being made, Lord. There's nothing I can do, Lord God, about situations. But I do pray, God, that they would be drawn over to you. I pray that all the words and teachings that they received over the years would come to be manifest in their lives and to remember what the Lord had done for them. And that they would come to themselves. And that they would choose Jesus in life rather than death, spiritual death. I pray for the people in Canada, Lord. You called us and raised us up so that we could be who we are today. All these years, Lord, we've been in a training field, learning, equipping ourselves. And I pray that in these last days, as your servants around the world move, Lord, that we too will be in your, your will. That you would anoint us as we preach, sing, testify. That we would show that Jesus Christ is real and alive. That we'd represent you, Lord, when we go to Canada. And that you'd help everyone to go that wants to go, Lord. That you'd make a way for us. And that we only be a blessing to them. That we're not going to receive, but going to give, Lord. Because you gave to us freely to give. And Lord, we give this willfully, cheerfully. I gladly travel for you, Lord. You know my heart. I say, bless them that remain behind, Lord, that you would touch them and use them to witness and testify unto others while we're gone, Lord. And if Jesus had come tonight, Lord, I pray that we'd be ready. We love you tonight, Father. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for your grace and your love. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.